With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Unmute us. Well, it's working. Yep. On time. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Matt Rury, and uh, you're listening to Careless Whispers on CLNS Media. And it's a crisp, yep. smooth sound. Can you believe it? I love it. I love it. Yep, you were, you were on the That's, That's Calvin Chamberlain. That's Calvin Chamberlain. He's the one that's supposed to answer the questions because nobody else can right now. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on. So we we had to skip our uh, usual Tuesday show because of technical difficulties. We were ready, all set and ready to go. Lots of topics on the table. Too many, in fact, to even get to you probably today. But, um, yeah, so we just do it on a Thursday instead. How are you feeling tonight, Ray? I feel all right. Enough dilly-dallying, I guess. Uh, the Blog Talk Radio is the one that has these technical difficulties. For once, it's not my fault. The direct connection was not working, so here we are. I'm on Skype. I haven't been on Skype in a while. I had to update it. Still got here on time. Ladies and gentlemen, I know you're all excited out there. I'm going to give you a phone number to call as well. Ha-ha! 323-642-1484. That's the number you can call. I just tweeted it out. I'm at Team Green Truth. Follow at CLNS Media as well. There is a lot to get to, Calvin, because, well, it's it's the, the time of the season for large football games and extraordinary talent in the NFL. Uh, I don't know if you want to start there. Probably not. Actually, we're not going to start there because we're going to do a show next week, too. We're going to start with basketball, as we usually do. Um I, would start with that I, I guess it's a LeBron topic, or it could be a Kyrie topic, but uh, I, I call, I'm going to call it a LeBron topic because this seems to be more about LeBron than anything else. Yeah, are you, are you talking about the, uh, the the story that's coming out now about how, uh, I mean, it, it was sort of out there at the time when Paul George was up for option, that uh, up to be traded, that the Cavaliers uh, – were interested in making a three-way trade with Phoenix in which the Cavaliers got Eric Bledsoe and Paul George and uh, Kyrie Irving would end up in Phoenix 
in Phoenix's number four draft pick, which uh, ended up being Josh Jackson, uh, was going to be part of the trade. To, the, part of what went back to Indiana in the package of other minor players. But uh, the trade ended up falling through because Phoenix did not want to trade that number four pick. Uh, it's probably a bad move at this point now, huh, Phoenix? But that's I mean, if, the, yeah, if they were going to get Kyrie Irving out of the deal, I think they definitely are going to regret that one. But so uh, apparently the plan was pushing hard for that particular trade. Uh even though Kyrie had previously asked for a trade in, in Cleveland, it seems that, like that had calmed down. And that, in, in retrospect, once the trade fell through, Kyrie felt disrespected by LeBron pushing so hard for him to be traded, probably understandably so. That That's what revived Kyrie's you know, going into Cleveland and asking, yeah, you know what, I do want to be traded. And so Kyrie ended up getting traded to Boston, uh, Paul George ended up getting traded to Oklahoma City. Eric Bledsoe ended up getting traded to Milwaukee. Cleveland doesn't have any of them. And supposedly LeBron, even at this point in the season, is still angry about the fact that they were unable to complete that deal for Eric Bledsoe and Paul George. Now, I don't know about Paul George, but I do know that Eric Bledsoe shares LeBron's age, and I think it might be the same for George. So I don't know if that factors in at all in terms of the marketing, like wanting his guys. But it is funny to like think about LeBron still being salty about something that didn't happen nine months ago. It makes me think of like fans, like Laker fans, for example, are are still angry about the the NBA vetoing the Chris Paul trade uh, way back when, when he was getting traded. Are Clippers. you? You're I, not. You're not angry about that? No, I find it hilarious. I mean, what's done is done. Uh-huh. Do I think? Do I think it was cool? No, but it, it, it's over with now. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah. Chris Paul became a Clipper. How how can I like Chris Paul? You know what I mean? There's no reason to like Chris Paul, but I, I think that uh, this this goes a little bit deeper than than that stuff. I mean, this is all about LeBron James. It's all about who he want, wants to play with and him getting his way and going where he wants to go, which, by the way, he wanted Paul George so badly. Paul George was supposed to go to the Lakers after the season. Sorry, Calvin. Sorry to break the news to you. Uh, he's not going anywhere. He will be staying in Oklahoma City. I, I I would put money on it right now. He's not going to Los Angeles uh, after the the comments that he made and his love for Russell Westbrook and uh, that's a totally different topic. But that's whoa 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 that's, that's going to pop. Go. That's going to burst your bubble right there. Goodbye, the go dream of Paul that. George coming to LA. I'm sorry, I don't uh, I don't understand what are you talking about. Uh, his comments about saying his free agency will be easier after Russell Westbrook supported him. Is that what you're talking about? Huh? Yeah, that's right. That's so. You, so you you legitimately think that Paul George is going to stay in Oklahoma City after just just because Russell Westbrook made some comments uh, about him sta- about how it was, it, it was sad that he wasn't an All Star? Yeah, it seems, that, it seems a lot more possible. I'm not even saying that Paul George is going to end up with the Lakers, although you can go ahead and read him in the state that he's probably going to be a Laker. But that being said, Ray, he's definitely not going to be on Oklahoma City next year. Okay. I think that's the bank. I'm, stick, I'm sticking with it. I'm not saying he's going right. to the Lakers, although he's probably going to the Lakers. But I don't think so. Not going to be in Oklahoma City. Anyway. That's the point. Yeah. Anyway, back, okay. back, to, back to the topic at hand. Yes, back to the topic at hand. Uh I just, I, it seems 
like a, a, a desperate move by LeBron James if he's trying to demand people get traded and he's still pouting after uh, not making the deal and seeing what's going on with all those players. And I just, it, it seems like it's just more of the same from him pointing fingers and saying that I need better things around me and you need to do better and all of this. You know what, LeBron, at this point, just ride off into the sunset. Just say goodbye. Go to L.A. without Paul George. Have some fun. See you later. Shut your mouth. I'm tired of it. Yeah, I don't don't believe any of these. The only interesting part of of that story to me is the part that, that LeBron was the biggest pusher in in trying to move Kyrie in the first place, and that's what got Kyrie upset. The the ever evolving relationship between Kyrie and LeBron is fascinating to me, and um, LeBron ended up picking Kyrie tonight for the All Star team, which unfortunately we don't have, maybe we'll get into next week because I because there's there's some interesting things in like. Clearly, you can see the order in which they were picked, even though they're not willing to come out and just televise how they were picked. But anyway, we have another time. The point is, is like that's the only interesting part to me. Is like it seems like LeBron's desire to get Paul George is essentially what pushed Kyrie out. But other than that, I, I, is he still angry about it? I I don't think so. I I feel like it's probably it's much more likely that LeBron is manufacturing outrage in order to try to motivate the team to make make another deal to get him George Hill. Or somebody better. I don't. He's going to end up being mad at George Hill anyway. I don't like. I don't know who the Cavs can get if they don't give up that Brooklyn pick. Which, to my mind, they totally should give up the Brooklyn pick. I don't know what, where you're at on this. You know, again, we don't have time to get into it too much. But like, I don't understand why, especially now that this pick is like looking like it's not going to be a top three pick. If this, if, if Brooklyn ends up with in the number eight position. Like, yeah, you give up that number eight draft pick in order to try to make LeBron happy on the off chance Definitely. that he'll stay in Cleveland. And even if even if he doesn't stay in Cleveland, on the off chance that you manage to beat the Warriors, like, they're, they're still good enough, you know, again, in theory to make the finals, and at least with LeBron, any team has a chance. Why would you, like, give that up for some theoretical future about one day being good enough to maybe get back to the finals again if you get a bunch of other pieces also to play around this Eighth, eighth pick in the draft. You know what I mean? I would trade that pick in a freaking heartbeat. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'd get rid of that thing. I mean, it, even at the beginning of the season, it was to, looking to me like the, the Nets were going to be better than uh, what people thought. And I just, if you can get somebody to bite on that and, and give you something in return that's going to help you out and make LeBron a little bit happier, by all means, trade the pick. And it's just, I don't, I don't know if that's really him orchestrating. Why does he need to go public with stuff like that if, if he's really trying to orchestrate a trade uh, and get them to make another move? Why can't he just go and say it in, in private? It doesn't need to be out in, in public like that. But that is what well, LeBron I, is, right? That's LeBron needs everything to be out in public. He needs everybody to confirm that, that he's doing the right thing, that he's he's making the right decision, that he's the greatest ever. Well, I, I It's just it's you, more of the same. I think it goes in public to give it the full force of, of LeBron's pressure. You know what I mean? If LeBron just talks to them in private, then LeBron can't really, like, yeah, he can express his frustration after the fact in public, but, like, he, part of his motivation is, like, hey, I'm going to make the front office look bad. I'm going to make other people look at fault when I decide to leave or 
you know, when, when something doesn't happen. It has nothing to do with me. I did, I did my job. You're not doing your job. I think that that's all part of his sure. plan. But hmm. yeah, and, and clearly, clearly, that's not the only thing that's that's going wrong in Cleveland. Like, you know, they've what are they? They've lost like five out of six. Uh, they gave up 148 points to Oklahoma City a week or two ago. They, they basically have the worst defense in the league. And now over the weekend, I'm sure if you saw this, I'm sure you did. Kevin Love played five minutes in a game on Friday. Told the team he was sick. Left early. Didn't play in the team's next game on Saturday. And Cavs players were, you know, without knowing who, because nobody's on the record with it, were reportedly irate. They had to have a team meeting where Kevin Love then had to come and explain himself because because they thought he was speaking being sick and they were angry at the coaching staff for letting him go home early. And then apparently he explained himself to the team's satisfaction. So now it's all better now. What do you think about that, Ray? That seems like even more finger-pointing. It's just more of the same finger-pointing from this whole locker room, and it starts with LeBron, I'm sure. It's like, man, those guys, they just sort of seem like they're falling apart at the seams, and I guess you never really know. Maybe they'll turn it around. And last week or a couple weeks ago, I said that I thought that they were going to be fine and they would turn it around. But then they start the tailspin continued, and I mean they're they're just in in a bad way right now. But it's it's finger pointing back and forth, and oh, just trying to call people out, and then he he makes up with them, and it's just it's a whole bunch of BS. And I think Kyrie Irving put it put it best in, in that uh, that type of hashing things out doesn't necessarily work, and that's part of the reason that he wanted to get out of there. Uh, whereas Brad Stevens, for some reason, has a different culture. And it, it's it's more of an open dialogue, and people express their concerns and their frustrations, and nobody really gets in fights, and there's it's none of this pettiness that, that seems to be happening in the Cavs locker room. So, I don't know. If I just I feel like somebody's on their way out of town, and I'm I'm wondering who it's going to be. That's it. You know what? The, you know what this tells me is that Kevin loves teammates hate him because yeah. Look, what what kind of situation? Just think about you at work. Like, what kind of situation would have to exist if you had a coworker say, like, I'm sick and I'm needing to go home, and then have you turn to another coworker and go, like, that guy's not sick. He just he just <laughs> can't get out of work. Like, either either a yeah, you, would, you would have to crazy. be like some it have to be like some event that you knew about, right? Like, it'd have to be like. Oh, he's going to the World's Fair today. He already told me how much he wanted to go sure. to the World's Fair. I don't know why that's my example, because it's funny. But, <laughs> the World's yeah, it, Fair. Yeah, it has to be that. So, yeah, well, it's, you, you work in 1908. Uh, it's either that, okay. or it's like, uh, or it's like, yeah, this guy Steve is slimy, and he's always trying to he's always trying to get out of things, right? That's what it is. Like, you start you yeah. start thinking that, that your coworker is faking being sick to get out of games, when you already don't trust it, right? You when you already think like there has to be a a baseline level of distrust for you for Kevin Love to be in a game, come out of the game, not return, not play the next game, and have people going, he's not really sick. But pre that incident, people have, Kevin Love has to have like done things like that to make guys be going like this guy. Kevin Love is doing it again, right? <laughs> Otherwise, like multiple so. players on the team thinks that a guy who says he's sick is not really sick? What is that? And then, to even compound that, 
what kind of explanation could Kevin Love give to then make everybody go, oh, well, I guess I'm satisfied with that. He, he's just going to come and be like, you know what, I was just, sick. Look, I was co- I was copying, oh, whatever kind of sickness he was. Let's say it's stomach sickness. He, and he goes, yeah, I, I went to the locker room and threw it up. And then everyone's going to go, oh, I guess you really were sick. Like, either you saw him be sick or you didn't. Like, I don't understand right. how he then becomes credible, like what he could have said to them, to them just yeah, make it. Sound, it, it sounds like, like a scapegoat yeah. situation. So maybe he's the one that's on his way out of town. Maybe they're going to ship him out for a DeAndre Jordan or something crazy. Um, wouldn't that be something? Uh, but, like, I just I don't understand why it even gets to that point. You're going for an NBA championship. He's already helped you win one. Like, he's got he, – he helped you get back there again. I just I don't understand where it's all coming from, and uh, the only additions are Isaiah and Jay Crowder. So maybe maybe they're putting some wrinkles in, in that locker room that uh, they don't like Kevin Love or something. Like because LeBron seems to be fine with him, right? Everybody else has been fine with him for a couple of years now. Well, there are some sort of on-court indications about Isaiah being able to play with Kevin Love. Like people are talking about how how terrible the defense is when both when they're both on the floor. Because yep. Kevin Love is usually the five in that scenario. I'm sorry? And they're both a liability defensively. I mean, Kevin Love is a great rebounder, a great shooter, a great all-around basketball player, but, I mean, he's not that great defensively. And Isaiah's a liability, obviously, because of his size. Yeah, I feel like Kevin Love's bad defensive ratings are they're a little bit overrated. I think he's bad defensively at the five. I don't think he's that bad at the four. But... Anyway, but all that being said, he is normally mostly playing with five with Isaiah. They, plus, they sort of Isaiah's one-man offense takes away from Kevin Love. Apparently, Kevin Love's shots and his offense go way down whenever Isaiah's in the game. And since I, since Isaiah came back from his injury and the game's been played, like Kevin Love's scoring is down like four points a game. Is re, like across the board, his stats are down. Interesting, interesting thing because Isaiah, even though he's taking shots. He's not really playing well either because he hasn't completely recovered from that hip injury. So, if they made a move to bench Jay Crowder today, I, I think they. I mean, maybe they can't I, because I was going to say maybe they should just play Isaiah less, but they probably can't do that, right? Because in order to, to win, they need Isaiah playing well and sort of fitting in with the team. So maybe they just have to eat this and hope it works out. Yeah, I mean, he's a. <laughs> potent offensive player. If, I think if they're going to win games, they need to find a way to utilize his talents. And he, I mean, it might, it, it might take a little while for him to get back into shape and to be in game mode and just be the player that he was last year. Maybe he won't be the player that he was last year for a little while, but if they're going to be a championship caliber team, they either need Isaiah to produce or they need to get value back for him. They can't just, they can't just let him sit there on their roster not doing anything. All right, one, one more quick cast topic. Very, uh, LeBron scored his 30,000th point, I believe, last night. It might have been Tuesday night. Uh, did you hear about it? I don't know, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I knew about it because LeBron told me. He, said, he, he sent a tweet out of a picture of himself as a young boy uh, in, in a basketball jersey and sort of had a long uh, third-person referencing uh, paragraph where he talked about his greatness and, like, you know, from, from the time when he was a young boy and, like, having these dreams, and now you finally did it, even though he hadn't done it yet when he sent the tweet. And he said, I want to be one of the first to congratulate. He referred to himself as the king. I, like, really, 
oh, this is so incredibly obnoxious that I, I, I don't know. Part of part of me wants to like give him credit for being so obnoxious and un, unself aware, but the other part of me makes me think that like for however many art like discussions we've had about like LeBron's greatness and is is he better than Jordan now? Uh, I'm being forced to take this position where like. Yeah, he's like he, you know, talking basically talking about his greatness. Like, there's still out there I mean, for all the like doubts about how you know him winning championships, all these things. Like, there's there's still one thing that we should never forget, and which is that like LeBron has an incredibly annoying personality that should like he should never be liked for that reason alone. You're absolutely right, and it's just more. That's that's what I meant when I said earlier more of the same of LeBron James, sort of putting everything out in the open, being public with everything. This thing is is just the worst because he he is talking in a third person. He's congratulating himself, and I don't know if you saw, uh, but there there were a handful of people uh, that well, m- much more than a handful of people that were basically doing the same thing and responding and mocking him and putting their own uh, pictures of, of ch- the, their childhood up on the screen and giving themselves a pat on the back. Congratulations to get to this point, et cetera. Um, I, I believe I saw that Jason Tatum was one of those people, which is hilarious if, that's, if that was an, uh, actually a post from him and not something that was just Photoshopped that I was seeing when I was scrolling through Twitter. Um, but, I mean, people were doing it. So it, it's, he basically put himself out there to be mocked, and that's what ended up happening. Yes, I'm, I'm glad that's what happened. I, but, it's, yeah, to me, it's just like, I, I just wish he went at just 100% with it. It's just this constant, like, pretending to be a good guy. And, pretend, and even that, like, that post is, like, it involves false humility where he's, like, you know, talking about how he likes the struggles and you, you've come a long way in your dreams and, like, he just and he just lacks self awareness to the degree. If he was just outright, look, I kind of want, I kind of want like the Deion Sanders version of LeBron, or or the like late late Kobe period of LeBron, where LeBron just says "eff it," you know what I mean? He's not as he's not there. I want I want the eff of LeBron who just comes out and says, you know what? Like yeah, yeah, you know I don't I don't care. Look, these are the guys that I want. I don't care about the front office. Uh, get me my guys instead of just playing this game that we've been talking about where he's, he's stewing privately and he comes and he, he everything's got to be read through tea leaves and what does he actually mean about it like I'm just so I'm so over it with this guy just, just come right out with everything that's what I want instead of this false congratulatory post just be like yeah I'm awesome be like Ricky Henderson just you'll know, rip the <laughs> rip the rim off and, and talk about how you're now the greatest that's, that's yeah, it's want. just. I think it's just the way that he was brought up. It's this whole subtweet uh, social media culture, and like it's, it's just it's it is who he is. He he needs to be praised. He needs to be told that he's excellent and wonderful, uh, and it just it's 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 getting tiresome for sure. So, all right, I'm well, with you. I guess the Cavs are getting tiresome at this point in the show, right? We move on. <laughs> I would the, say uh, so. About 20 minutes, yep, I'd say so. All right, well, I, I looked at this email that really wasn't in order, but I'm just going to go to the next thing on this anyway. Uh, yeah, you might as well. Yeah. The Charlotte Hornets were, say that they're interested in trading Kemba Walker. Uh, Michael, That's a big they, deal. You know, they put it, they put, yeah, they put it out to the league. 
uh, apparently some Hornets fans were concerned, so Michael Jordan later clarified that, yes, you know, they are putting him out there to, like, see uh, what kind of offers they can get for him. But Michael Jordan claims that they're only interested in trading Kemba Walker for an all-star. What do you, what do you say to that? Um, I think that that's fine, but it's it's kind of still a knock on Kemba Walker. Are you are you saying that Kemba Walker's not an all-star or that he's just not a good enough all-star? I don't know what, what you're getting at here, Mr. Jordan, with all due respect. Yeah, I don't I don't understand what what I don't understand what this means. First of all, for the record, he's not an all star. I mean, like he's literally not an all star, right? Kevin Walker is not right. an all star, is he? I don't think he has. I'll double yeah, check he, that though. He's, he's not made an all star team. So you're you're essentially asking. The Hornets are saying, like, we want to trade Kemba Walker, apparently, but we want to trade Kemba Walker for somebody better than Kevin than Kemba yep, Walker, right. or. Yep. Or somebody like, let's just say he's like around and all, because he is like a near all-star player. Let's say you want to trade Kemba Walker for a guy who's about as good as Kemba Walker, right? I don't know if like who that would be. Oh, in, I'm, so, I'm sorry, know. Calvin. He actually was an all-star last year, one-time all-star. Oh, was he? All right. Well, I'm, yes. I'm putting that on the Eastern Conference. Uh, in any case, so that defeats my point somewhat. But still, he's not. He's not like an all-star all-star. He's like a borderline guy. Yeah, right. No, I think that actually backs up yeah. your point because it, it's sort of like, well, wait a minute. This is the first time that he made the all-star team. Are you just assuming that he's going to continue on that pace and that's why you're saying that you need something better than him? Uh, it, it, still, it still reeks of Jordan saying that Walker's not good enough. But see, I, but my, my point is not even that he thinks Walker isn't good enough because obviously he thinks Walker isn't good enough if that's why he's putting him on the market, right? My thing is, I don't understand what what do the what do the Hornets get? Never mind what do like other teams get, but what do the Hornets get out of trading Kemba Walker for somebody who's about as good as, as Kemba Walker? Let's say you trade Kemba Walker for like I don't know, Goran Dragic, or I maybe think he's maybe think he's better than Goran Dragic, but you, you get what I'm saying. Well, you you trade him for a guy who's of similar talent. What I don't understand sure. what you what, do you, what do you, even if he's younger, what if you trade him for Dennis Smith Jr. Like, the Hornets are, are still sort of in the exact same place, right? Like, a, a mediocre, uh, mediocre like, just out of a playoffs team that's not going to mm-hmm. draft high, nor, nor like, maybe they'll be good enough to, like, make the eight or seven in the East some years. You're still in the, in the exact same position you were in before. The only, the only reason to trade Kemba Walker in the first place is to rebuild and get assets, right? Otherwise, you're looking right. to trade, you know, you're, you uh, you have contracts that are onerous and get guys to play with Kemba Walker. Like, like what does an what does an All Star even get you? Unless the unless the All Star you're trading Kemba Walker for is Anthony Davis, like what or like Kevin Durant? Like what are we what are we what is Jordan talking about, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, don't I think that he's just yeah. trying. He's just he's just trying to backpedal and and sort of make himself look better for trying to trade their all star point guard. And fans are freaking out, and he's trying to sort of squash their their worry. And I don't think it really worked, in my opinion. No, I don't. I don't think so either, because it does, it doesn't make sense. Like even asking for an all star for I can't think of a single all star. And may, maybe you can if you you give it some thought. I can't even all-star in which trading for Kemba Walker. Like, what do we? We'd have to have, find a team with like no point. I, Denver. Like, if you, if, who's an all-star in Denver? You know, what I mean? 
You're not trading uh, uh, Jokic for him, right? Paul yeah, Millsap? I guess it's that. It, I don't. I don't know who else it would be. Well, if you're if you're Denver, would you trade Paul Millsap for Kemba I I don't think so. I mean, Millsap probably not, right? Playing pretty well for them, yeah. I, I'm not. I don't think I'm doing I'm that. I'm just thinking about a team that like could use a point guard, right? Some, and this is the other thing about the, the Kemba Walker situation. Like San Antonio, would, I mean, would you trade Lamarcus Aldridge for him? No, I don't think so. He's been. He just no. started to fit into that team. Right. It's like Greg Popovich just throwing out Kevin Durant as a guy that you don't want you want for Aldridge and. In his comment, right? So, right. yeah, I don't think I don't think he'd be happy with the Kemba Walker scenario. Kemba Walker is just a better Patty Mills. Let's be honest. I mean, I don't mean to. It sounds like I'm denigrating him, but I guess really what I'm saying is like, even if they want to trade Kemba Walker, right? How many teams in the NBA right now like have a need for Kemba Walker? Forget like, and then and then would have an All Star to be able to trade for him. But even be even, even beyond that, I don't think that they're going to be able to trade this guy and get like what they want for him just because of the abundance of point guards and more importantly the fact that he's a small point guard who like needs the ball in his hand I don't where's where's the fit for him well this is basically what Danny Ainge was saying about Rajon Rondo a few years ago or, or way back when he traded him uh, that that uh I mean, everybody has a point guard. They already have their point guards, and it's the the value is not out there. So I, I think it's. I mean, it, it, Jordan is finding out that he's pretty much in the same boat. That there's not going to be many options as far as a trade for Walker's concerned, and uh, this is the way it goes with point guards. I mean, you you stick with your guy for long enough, and if it doesn't work out, you have to find somebody new. And if you can't just trade up as far as a point guard is concerned because it's, it's such an important piece to, to winning basketball. Now I'm trying to think of what – I'm just trying to do hypothetical camera trade. If you were the Charlotte Hornets, and, I, again, I don't, I don't have um, the trade machine right in front of me, but let, let's say you, you could uh, you know, find bench guys and stuff to, to make the salary work. work. Would you trade primary pieces? Would you trade Kemba Walker for Dario Saric? I mean, I like if I'm the Hornets, I don't know. I'm, I'm not huge on Saric. I'm sure that, that uh, maybe I'm undervaluing just because he's on Philadelphia, but uh, I, I don't know. That that seems to me like Charlotte wouldn't – I don't know if that really helps them. They'd have to get another pick or something in return, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming Charlotte and Philadelphia's pick, sure. They're not getting that uh, Lakers-Kings pick. But yeah. Yeah, but they, they could probably get Philadelphia's I don't know. pick. Probably, I don't know. That's a tough one. Still, That's a tough one. Philadelphia's pick is still going to be like around 12 or something. It's, it's like it would be a bad pick. Right, but Walker was, a, was what, the ninth pick or something? Yeah. Right. Okay, so I'm, that's, this, but but this, but that's the kind of value that he would probably Starting get. Pick. Yeah, it's. I don't know, man. That's a tough one. Saric is. I mean, Saric is a solid player, but is is he a game changer? I don't know. Would you trade him for like? Um, would you trade him for like? 
like Marquise Chris and Alex Lynn? I don't really know. I guess I don't know enough about Chris. Um, Fair enough. But I mean, we're talking. We're talking about guys that still aren't proven. Like this, it's a tough situation. Yeah. For, for and I just I don't know if they're going to find a deal that's going to look good to anyone. No, they're not. They're really not. So, but I, I but I still think I still kind of feel like they need to do it. Are you? Do you think I'm wrong? Like I understand Kemba Walker. No, I mean. Guy, they, it's it's something that they probably are gonna be stuck. Either they're stuck with him and they're not that good, or they trade him and they're probably not gonna be that good. So they, like, I, they need I to do buy, something. Yeah, theory that like you have to be either at completely at the bottom or completely at the top in general. I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's like a hard and fast statement. I use I've used the Rockets as an example of a team that was like pretty good for years, and they slowly compiled assets and turned those into Harden, and still compiled assets and got even better. But the Hornets don't have that many assets. That's that's what it comes down to. They've given a, a bunch of guys bad contracts. They don't have that many young guys who like have promise on the team. I feel like because of that, they're, they're, they don't play in like a great market. But even if they did, they're not like. In a, in a position where they're going to have cap money going forward for the next couple of years, like I don't I don't see any other option but getting rid of Kemba Walker for them, and and just becoming a terrible team that you know picks at at the top of the draft. I don't recommend it for everybody, but considering what their situation is, what what are the choices they have other than to to like continue being this mediocre team that like maybe makes a, a seven or eight every once in a while, and and like has no hope. I'm not sure that I, I think hope matters, right? If you're if you're you can be a seven or an eight team seed, but if you have hope, like you know the Seventy Sixers, if they get the eight seed this year, it'd be ecstatic. The Hornets get the eight seed. Who it's like who in who in Charlotte cares? It's it's two different things. Right. If there's no future, then the the fans probably aren't going to really get behind the team. And Philadelphia fans are definitely behind their team at this point. They are excited about what's going on, and you can say that they have a better future than Charlotte for sure. So I just it, – it seems like a lost cause for, for Jordan, and he needs to figure out something, and I just don't know what it is because it's going to be a long rebuilding process for that team. Uh, I'm just going to jump right to this, to this Mark Helfold thing because I'm, I'm, I just mentioned the Sixers. Have you seen video of Mark Helfold shooting? Absolutely. Uh, some of it, and it's glorious. It, I'm a, yeah, I'm, as a Celtics fan, I'm sh- I'm sure it is glorious. But this is like one of the great mysteries of our time. You know, I know people are talking about this to some degree, but I, I still feel like they're not talking about it enough. What what happened to this guy? There was what I I, I know he like came in. Let, let's just let's just do a, a quick recap. He came into the preseason. Look, he looked good in summer league, right? Shot nor- like a normal human being. Uh. Came into the preseason shooting that weird, funky, like worse than Lonzo Ball-ish form, right, where he's just shot putting the ball towards the rim. It made no sense. Regulation came out that his shoulder wasn't hurt. Then that controversy happened with his agent where he, like, uh, leaked some information that turned out to be untrue, and he had to double back and make another statement about the shoulder. So then Fultz disappears for months, Right. We haven't, we haven't heard of him. It's supposed to be a minor thing. He's been gone for months. He still hasn't played. He's only played in four games this season. 
he's been back around since him shooting. Supposedly the shoulder is healed, but he's still shooting the same way he did when he shot that way because he supposedly had a shoulder problem. Well, what is going right. on? I want to. I, I want to know. I want to know who in Philadelphia is changing this. Who who messed with this kid's shot? Because. Uh, Something happened here, and whether it's the shoulder injury or, or someone trying to, to tweak his form or something, he's all messed up now. And I, the fact that they're that they're just putting him out in the open for practice and just having him shoot, he could he doesn't have to shoot in front of everyone. He can shoot privately and f- try and figure it out. But they have him shooting in front of reporters who have cameras rolling, and there is video of it, and it's just really ugly. So I, I don't know where, what their approach is here. I don't know what they're doing, and it's almost as though they don't seem to care what happens with Mark L. Fultz because they are happy with Simmons and Embiid, etc. I just, it, it, it seems to me like Danny Ainge pulled another fast one on Philadelphia. Now, I'm not saying that Ainge knew something, but it just, he lucked out again if he didn't, if he didn't know anything. And it, it looks bad on them. Yeah, this is, this is the part of it as the, I don't know if you want to call me neutral, you can call me neutral. As the neutral third observer, this is the, this is the most annoying part of it to me because, look, the, the the summer league that happened after the NBA draft. So, and Markel Pulse's shot looked fine. Uh, I know he got hurt, okay, but I'm just talking. I'm talking about his form. His form was what it was in college. Not that like maybe maybe it wouldn't have translated over a long period of time to the NBA. Who knows? That's speculation, right? But right right now, what we're talking about is like. What he what his actual form looks like. It was something different in summer league, which again was after the draft. There's no way that Danny Ainge could have like had had the unless he's got like this Back to the Future book. There's no chance that he would have that he <laughs> knew that no, Mark Fultz was going inj- to injure his shoulder. I know you no, really, I know you know, no, but I feel like I'm not saying I'm not saying that. But I'm, I'm saying that he must have seen something. Like he could maybe he saw something in the kid's shot that said and said, well. I don't think this is going to work out. We would have to change this, and I don't want to deal with it. Maybe that's more, more what I'm thinking. Maybe there was something there that the Celtics staff saw and said, uh, we got to pass on this kid for this shooting reason. Or maybe he just didn't make sense with the team that the Celtics had at the time, which is what I've been saying for months, by the way. Maybe, you know what I mean? Jason Tatum always made more sense. Maybe he saw the, the the chance at getting this going from one to three, taking a guy who like he didn't feel maybe he didn't feel totally comfortable with him because he saw something he didn't like, but but maybe he just felt com- more comfortable getting a guy at three that he liked, and also picking up that other pick while like having a guy who fits in with the team better. There are logical reasons for going from one to three and passing on Fultz that have nothing to do with like thinking that Fultz was going to fail in any respect. To, to completely makes sense, but it's so easy. It's so easy now for the narrative to be like, "Oh, genius, Danny Ainge knew." And yeah, it is. It is hilarious that it, that it worked out this way. And like, if, if I'm a Celtics fan, I'm not gonna lie. I I might be doing this, like some version of this, although maybe not completely, because you know when people try to say stuff like like that about the, the Lakers, I'll always be like, "Nah, blah blah blah." But it's like I don't I don't think it was like I don't like Markel Fultz at all. I I just have a hard time like buying into that notion because it was going to be Mark Markel Fultz until it wasn't. <clears throat> it was going to be Markel Fultz until it wasn't. 
I mean, not, that's not what Danny Ainge says. He says he was going to be taking Tatum regardless. So, Do you buy that? I, I do buy that, and I've bought that the whole time. I, otherwise, I mean, why would why would you hold out so long? And or I I guess I can't really. He didn't really hold out that long. I, what was it like? Ten days before the draft, he pulled the trigger, or was that on a draft night? Yeah. No. Um, no, it was before the draft. So uh, he didn't. It's not like he held out. But either way. He said he waited until after the draft to say something about it, so he's not going to tip his hand and tell Philadelphia before the draft that he was going to take Tatum either way. But, yeah, I believe that Tatum was, was his number one, and he's happy that he ended up being there. He, proje- he predicted the draft correctly. Not that it was difficult to do. Everybody was predicting the draft to go that way. Uh, but apparently Philadelphia, I don't know, thought hot more. They thought something else was going to happen with, with Ainge. Ainge must have sold them on the fact that he was ready to take Markel Fultz, but I, I, I believe him when he says that Tatum was his guy. And that's kind of a way that you can sort of stick it to Philadelphia afterwards. And maybe they won't believe you going forward if you insist on something like that. But if you really like Tatum that much and you want to make the shrewd move, then you play your cards that way. And it, it worked out for him. Hopefully he doesn't need to make a good deal with them in the future. Yeah, but they didn't need to. Here's the thing: is the Celtics didn't need to play that kind of gamesmanship because the Lakers would have taken Fultz anyway. You think the Lakers would have taken Fultz over Ball? There's no question the Lakers would have taken Fultz over Ball. Really? Even if like, yeah. Even in, in, and I don't say that in like because even I after that, all the Lonzo Ball praise and all the Levar Ball talk of him being a Laker and Magic Johnson loving him and all, even after all that, you think they would have taken Markel Fultz if he was sitting there? I, there's there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that we're going to take both. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that they thought for a moment that Fultz was going to be available. So, I, but there, there were definitely like questions about whether or not, and, and the biggest reason why is because they were concerned about Lavar more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like they only ended up drafting Lonzo Ball because Lavar Ball assured them hilariously. Now, when you think back to it, that like, no, this, this he's. The second the Lakers draft Lonzo, my job is done. I won't be involved right. at all. Uh, it's, just, it's just a hilarious thing to think back on, right? Yeah. Now. I'm surprised that he hasn't been saying much, but I guess he is overseas right now. So we'll see if he pops well, his head around again. I don't know if you know this, but he just got named uh, assistant coach to the Lithuanian basketball team oh, over there. Gosh. So he's going to be over there for a minute coaching that team. Oh. Just because they don't know yeah. any better, oh man, these poor Lithuanian people—they're just gonna—they're gonna grow up. I guess they're not kids, well, or are they kids? Is it like a, a an under eighteen league, or is it an no. actual professional league? It's you know, it's an actual professional league of adults, and I don't think it's that they don't know any better. I think that it's it's worth it for them to get the fame and notoriety connected to having the bar ball on the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why the team signed them in the first place—they have the the ball. Brand connected to them, so they might as well. The big just baller brand. That's right. Their logo, the, the big baller brand logo, is at center court for this, this team. Unbelievable. Yeah, they've already they've already like changed their schedule. They did a- exhibitions to like uh, to basically uh, support the ball brand and like allow the ball brothers to play when they would have not otherwise gotten playing time. So they're just catering to them as much as possible. Gross. You might as well just you might as well make them head coach. You know. Yes. I don't like it at all. 
All right. Well, um, so Calvin, I, I suggest that you check out Twitter at some point because now uh, back to one of our topics for, for just one second uh, from earlier, the all-star game and LeBron picking Kyrie Irving to be on his team. There are now memes going around of LeBron with like a sad face looking at his phone saying, yo, Kyrie, I'm going to pick you. What do you think? And Kyrie being like, all right. And LeBron being like, uh, I'm really excited to see you. And him, Kyrie being like, yeah, cool, man. And then LeBron saying, oh, but I miss you. That type of stuff. I think it's hilarious. So take a look. Take a gander later on when you get a chance. Um, moving on. Well, what's, what's funny ahead. about that is, yeah, it, it's like if you look at the order of guys picked, there's like, and you know, they pick the starters first. Uh, there's almost uh-huh. no question that like Kyrie got picked last, but we'll, we'll talk about it next week because like oh really? There's got, an order out there. I haven't seen any order. I just saw a no, list and you know there's there's no order. But what I, what I'm telling you, Ray, and we'll we'll do this next week. What I'm telling you is if you look at the names that both guys chose, okay, hmm. there's a there's there's a clear order that takes shape based on logic. For example, Kyrie Irving being on LeBron's team. I mean, it's not Kyrie. Uh, Kevin Durant being on LeBron's team means that clearly Kevin Durant was the first pick in the draft because Steph Curry would have picked uh, he would have picked Kevin Durant first as his teammate and as Kevin Durant. Who had the most votes? LeBron had the most votes. LeBron, or? yeah. LeBron went first. Curry went second. So he, we'll, we'll yeah, he probably had the first pick anyway. So yeah, yeah, Durant goes first. Sure. Yeah, we're gonna go, and there's there's other things like there. for example, Curry wouldn't pick Kyrie Irving early. Because why would you? Why would Curry be in the starting lineup with Kyrie? That's like going to be a terrible defensive lineup. You know, yep. there's, there's, there's logic to it. We'll get it. We'll get into that more next week, though. All right, and, great. Instead, let's, let, yeah, let's get into Kawhi Leonard. Oh, so, this is a tough one. Kawhi has unfortunately uh, a shoulder issue, right? That he's been having all year. Am no, I, it's just, it's just like quad tendinitis or something. Yeah, I should have researched this more. I think, but. Yeah, a, no, he's basically he's basically had a leg injury. There was that whole thing at the beginning of the season where he was limping okay. up the, the stairs of the team plane and he couldn't even move, and they've been sitting him out this entire time. Uh, and he came back, and he looked pretty good. And then they had to sit it. They were being precautionary, and they were sitting him every once in a while. Um, but all of a sudden, they shut him down again, saying it's the same lingering injury. And uh, the the funny thing about this, Calvin... Get ready for your conspiracy theory hats, or get your conspiracy theory hats on, because you know I love that stuff. And it is Kawhi Leonard's contract season. He is up for the Super Max next year, most likely. Could it possibly be that San Antonio is trying to squash that contract and lower it based on the amount of time that he plays? I don't want to badmouth Popovich and the, and the team, but it just... It reeks of something that Bill Belichick would do by making a guy sit so he doesn't reach his incentive on catches or something, uh, or just trying to save the team a buck and get the, keep the player as well. And it just it, it smells fishy to me because from all accounts that I've seen, Kawhi Leonard says he wants to play and that he's ready to play and that he is physically capable of playing. So I don't know why he's not. So that's that's an interesting thought, but my my response to that is I feel like it would take 
it would take something like a torn ACL to like legitimately prevent Kyrie, uh, Kawhi, Kyrie, uh, <clears throat> Kawhi from getting a super max contract, or you know, or walking for a max contract somewhere else, right? Like in in, in that see, like if the Spurs played hardball with Kawhi in this off season, then like go ahead go ahead and try to play a hardball hardball with Kawhi. He he would be on another team making like whatever the max was, and maybe yeah, he's not getting the super max. But I, I, I think if that if he thought that he might not be getting the supermax, he would probably be trying to be traded right now. Although there is an element of, of and, and this is the, the funny thing to me about like uh, any rumor related to Kawhi, it's like who knows, right? No, because Kawhi doesn't talk, nobody really knows what Ka- what Kawhi thinks about anything. So there's right. naturally like an air. But then you hear you hear like all these reports. Okay, there's there's tension between him and the Spurs, right? That's the, that's, that's the primary report. That over this injury, uh, apparently, like, the Spurs kind of feel like he can play, and Kawhi, like, said he didn't feel comfortable, and that's why they shut him down the second time. And so, like, that's where these the negative feelings are, are supposedly coming from. But then Jalen Rose came out. Did, and did you, hear, you hear what Jalen Rose said about how, like, the thing that's at the, the the actual base of the, of the the tension is the fact that Kawhi feels like he can't get stars to come to San Antonio to play with him, and he can't win, and he's tired of this organization. Interesting. Now, to me, those are two completely different things, right? Like not having trust that the organization like has your long-term health like in its best interest is completely separate from like I don't think I can win here. Right. And, and, and so, like, my thing is, I don't – like, he's been in San Antonio forever. They've never really gotten free. Yeah, they got Marcus Aldridge, and yet, yeah, they got a 70, you know, 75-year-old Pau Gasol. I don't count Pau Gasol. Marcus Aldridge, okay. Maybe they've had, a like, somewhat of a bad track record with free agents. But I find it hard to believe that, like, he's just coming to this conclusion now. In this, in, in, in also that like he's thinking this at a moment in which he's hurt and like, and he's been hurt all season and he's frustrated with the hurtness. Like why, why is instead his primary concern is like you guys can't, he can't even stay on the court. Like why would they even trade for a guy right now to try to like play with Kawhi and it's, it's not in season. Like I don't know, I don't really buy. Even though again, I, I, I could be wrong because I can't get a read on, on Kawhi. But I, I, I just James the, the timing of what Jalen is saying doesn't really make sense to like what's going on with the Spurs right now. I did not know he was a free agent this coming off season though. That's interesting. So why did they they didn't try to offer him a contract before the season started? I gotta research this more now. Um, maybe I'm just talking out of my ass. But I thought he was a supermax. Yeah. Yes, eligible to sign the five-year, $217 million deal in 2018. Okay, but is, is he a, he, he's probably not a free agent after this year, right? He's probably just eligible because it's the last year of his deal or whatever. Let's see right now. Uh, yes, yes. So I, I guess I misrepresented that a little bit. Um, but who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe they're... Uh, they're trying to mess around with him, so he, I mean, I don't know what the thresholds are for that, and whether you need to have certain criteria to be able to qualify for that deal. Uh, but maybe they're trying to mess around with that. Well, 
he's actually he's actually got a, he's under contract in 2018-2019, but then he has a player option for 2019-2020 at at 21 million. So if the Spurs like the, the the Spurs really can't even get out of that contract if if Kawhi Leonard doesn't want to for two more seasons after this season. So the timeline of what you're saying doesn't really make sense. Hmm. All right. Well, there goes that one. Yeah. Fair enough. No, I throw things out there that turn out to be completely ridiculous all the time. I don't. That's don't what blame conspiracy you. theories are, and that's why that's what yeah. runs this show. Yeah, we don't look. We don't like to be accurate. We like to be interesting. That's what I, that's what I say. We're not right? journalists. We're not journalists. I like to say things that are outrageous. <laughs> Okay, we're the shock of CLNS Media. Yeah, well, I mean, we probably should have started with this if we were following the, the formula that we followed, but did you happen to catch any of that Celtics-Lakers game the other day? Just the first half, that. unfortunately. I wanted to see the whole thing, but then when I saw the score in the morning, I was happy I didn't. Yeah, okay, so a, a couple of things. One, you know, just just quickly, you know, concern media for the Celtics right now. Any? This just a, a, a whatever uh, no, stretch. Not really. Not really. I was hoping. I was hoping that they were going to come away from this road trip with a uh, three and one record. I thought they were going to sweep LA, uh, in or sweep the Staples Center. However you want to word it, they would lose to Golden State and then find a way to to win against Denver. Um, but uh, that Denver game isn't. I don't think it's going to be easy. So it's possible that they turn around on this thing and go one and three. Uh, but either way. I'm not that concerned. I think they're going to be fine. I think uh, they might even have a move or two up their sleeve, and I, or at least ideas of a move. And I just I, I feel like it, I'm starting to come around to the idea that, that I wouldn't mind seeing Gordon Hayward on the floor at some point this season. I'm, just, I'm still a little worried about him performing in the playoffs, but the fact that, that he is shooting – out in the open in Staples Center, not jumping yet, but still shooting flat-footed, is a is a great sign, and I think uh, he's well on his way, and he and he might end up seeing some playing time towards the end of the regular season, and I'm I'm starting to be okay with that. For months, I was saying shut him down, shut him down, just bring him back next year, but if he's really progressing this quickly, then I don't see. I'm starting to think that it, it probably wouldn't really hurt much because. Either way, they're not going to win the NBA title. And also, either way, they appear to be the favorites to go to the finals at this point, um, unless Cleveland figures themselves out and, and or makes a move to, to get better. Right. Uh, I saw a stat that said, like, the Celtics are significantly better with Aaron Baines on the court than without him. And I sort of saw this, a lot of this in, in the Celtics later game. Like, I watched that game uh, – you know, Celtics fans, call in if you wanted to tell me I'm crazy. But, like, the, the Lakers probably should have won that game by 8 to 10 points because the Celtics, like, they don't – they still seem to have the same problem about matching up with size. And the Lakers are the tallest team in the NBA. I, I saw it somewhat – I saw a little bit of that Orlando game, and it seemed like the same thing. When teams go to big lineups, especially now with, with sort of Tatum and Brown falling off a little bit, they're not – their, their offense is like it's not quite like as punchy as it was in terms of like being able to spread spread out these bigger teams and get those threes on them. Like, are you concerned about 
certain matchups potentially, uh, you know, down the line, like teams that have bigger squads, or do you think like that's overblown as well? Well, I think that uh, that uh, if the Cavs saw anything about the game last night against the Clippers, even though the Celtics won that going away, I think DeAndre Jordan performed pretty well against them, and yeah, they went to the hack of DeAndre and the free throw thing kind of bit him a little bit, but overall I think a guy like that can hurt the Celtics because he is a guy that would overmatch Baines or overpower Baines. And when Baines is out there, I think he actually excels against a little bit of a smaller lineup. And part of the reason he's good for the Celtics is because it lets Al Horford play a little bit more of, of the power forward position. So if Cleveland was watching last night, I think they, they should, they'll probably be even more interested in getting a guy like DeAndre Jordan to, to match up against the Celtics. As, as for the other matchups in the Eastern conference, Washington really doesn't scare me a whole lot. I, Honestly, I haven't been following him too much, but I'm also not hearing a lot about Marcin Gortat at, at this point. I don't think that he's really anything special he's anymore. Yeah, I don't think that he's anything special anymore. So as far as their big guys are concerned, I'm not too con- I'm not worried about it. Toronto scares me, but for different reasons. I think Valanciunas is, is a great player, but some for some reason the Celtics know how to go at him. And Ibaka has been a shell of himself this year. So it's not the big men on Toronto that scare me. It's DeMar DeRozan and who's going to cover all those guards because there's only so many guys that that you can roll out and try and guard them for a whole game. So I would be worried about the offensive firepower from Toronto's guards. Otherwise, man, I'm good with the matchups right now. Drummond is scary, sure. Drummond is definitely scary, but I'm not buying into Detroit right now. I don't... I don't feel like they're going to end up being there. And, I mean, it would have to be a first-round thing because they're going to if – if they get into the playoffs, they're going to sneak in, in my opinion. They're, what, two games back right now, and I think that Milwaukee is better than them. And, I mean, New York is interesting right now, but it's, it's – I'm pretty sure that Detroit is going to be on the outside looking in. Um I like the way the standings have sort of shaped up so far. So I'm not really concerned about Detroit, but if they do get in, I don't think they have enough offensive firepower, firepower to win a seven-game series. So, yeah, Drummond would, would worry me a little bit, but he, I, he can only win a couple games by himself. I mean, you're making a good point, and I'm looking at the, the Eastern Conference standings right now. I mean, I just, you know, Embiid and Whiteside would be the, the two, right? We haven't talked about either one of them. Right. Philadelphia would be the one that scares me the most, I think. Whiteside is is uh Whiteside is a solid player. Uh but I think that, that Miami focuses on him a little bit too much against the Celtics and they can exploit that uh, on the other end. So I I feel like he's not a a, a great offensive player, but he can he they're going to try and use him too much. And if you get Baines to play play well enough and sustain and not have get in foul trouble too much, he can he can body up Whiteside enough to to throw him off his game. Embiid, on the other hand, I would be worried about. And Philadelphia, I think, is a scary team, especially since they just got a win against the Celtics. They are, are going to 
probably feel some momentum if they meet them in the playoffs and they're going to be hungry and they're going to be ready to go. I think that would be a tough series, but ultimately again, it comes down to the offensive firepower. It comes down to the composure and not to say the Celtics are this veteran team because we know all about their young players, but I think between the coaching and the veteran leaders that they do have, they would end up winning that series too. All right. Fair enough, Ray. I, I can buy most of what you're selling here. I, I, yeah, I feel like it will be an interesting playoff team just looking at it right now because they're going to be playing, you know, the Celtics, Toronto, or Cleveland probably. So that, that's going to be a fun first-round matchup for whoever gets saddled with them, assuming Philadelphia doesn't fall out. But right. anyway, real quick to the Lakers, Ray. Again, the Lakers probably should have won that game. Um mm. By double digits, they were they were up pretty consistently in the fourth quarter. Uh, they you know continued to get offensive rebound off after offensive rebound. They're a pretty good defensive team. They're an okay offensive team when Lonzo plays, not really so much when he doesn't. Um, but Rui, I don't. I, I almost I wish that you saw this game because there. This is like a the Chargers this year were third in the NFL in offense and fourth in defense and they missed the playoffs because they're 32nd in special teams, and they missed half their field goals this year. That's essentially what the, what the Lakers are doing right now. They're, they're playing well. They're, they've won seven out of nine. But they're the worst free-throw shooting team I think I've ever seen. Like, the, the Celtics just came hmm. out fourth quarter. Look, the, the Lakers were up five or six, okay? The, the Celtics kept fouling them, putting them at the free-throw line. The final two minutes of the first quarter, even, like, Guys who are okay free throw shooters, like normally, it seems like situationally they get so much worse. They shot uh, a lot of free throws in that game. With like I told you, the Celtics kept fouling them. I don't have the, the box score in front of me, but I think they they shot like thirty. Um, they made fifty eight percent of their free throws in that game. That's that's what I remember. Fifty eight percent. The entire team shot like DeAndre Jordan. Okay, and again, it was it, there was no like one guy that they kept focusing on. It's, I was going to say, were the Celtics just fouling them on purpose, or I mean, what's what was the deal with that? Well, in the final minute, they fouled them like because the Celtics like burned all their timeouts. So the Celtics were out of timeouts. Uh, they they were fouling repeatedly to put them put them at the line, and the Lakers just couldn't. The, the, I, I think uh, they missed two. If I remember correctly, they missed two free throws. Uh, twice in the final in the final minute, they missed both two two separate times in the final minute, and the, the Celtics had a chance to win, but, but they had they got the ball back with no timeouts for about four seconds. Twenty-one left. of thirty-six. Uh, Oof, I'm Marcus, looking at it right now. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. They shot thirty-six free throws. Marcus Smart, you know, possible. ran up from the full full court and took a contested three when he could have passed to a wide open. Uh, right. He could have passed Terry to a wide Rocky. open. Rocky. Yeah. yeah, I saw those screenshots and stuff of that in the last play. It's just, uh, I wish that he had just chucked it up there. He, he had a perfect lane, and then by the time he took the, by the time he got into the position to be anywhere near passing or, or sh- shooting the ball, he had to shoot it because that's just, yeah, it's where he was. And there was nobody else to give it to, uh, so he thought he got a good look. And I mean, I guess you could call it a good look at the time, but the mistake was not passing to Rozier in the first place. But, yeah, what is it? Nance misses three, Kuzma misses two. Who's Caruso and Josh Hart? These guys both went 0 for 2 from the line. Even Caldwell missed a couple of free throws here. 
do me do me a favor. You, you, if you don't know who Caruso is, you need to Google image search Alex Caruso because you'll be shocked if it, an NBA player looks like this guy. I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> wait. Do I remember seeing him in this game? Where is this? Where is this gentleman? <clears throat> oh, sure. Yeah. You know what? I do remember seeing him in the first half, and I was like, "Who the hell is this guy? He looks like he's forty-five. Yeah, he's not. He's like twenty-three. Uh, yeah. He's a, he's a guy that that played well for them in summer league, and they signed him. Uh, he's like one of their two-way contract guys who's only on the team because Lonzo's hurt. And the, we're also playing playing Tyler in a significant minute who's a garbage player that we're playing because a lot of those hits. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the problem is that's this, your like, Laker minutes right there, Alex Caruso, the middle-aged, really have, yeah, twenty-three-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> so he actually is twenty-three. Nice. I wasn't sure, but I just checked it. Uh, oh, yeah, they don't really have a traditional point a point guard of the guys who play, you know, those kind of minutes. It's like Clarkson is a hybrid. So without Lonzo, right. they were really just going to guys like Alex Caruso. Interesting. And they're still right. playing well, well weirdly. Great. Yeah. What's your confidence what does level? that say about Lonzo yeah. Ball? Or the Celtics won without Marcus Smart last night. What does that say about him? Hmm, I don't know. Well, I think it's a little different with Marcus because there are, there are some redundancies there. Um, Whereas, like, the Lakers don't have a point guard really at all without Lonzo. But the, let me ask you this question. Where, where's your confidence level standing right now about about that uh, Laker pick? Because I was thinking today, and you, you can tell me if, if you think I'm wrong, but, like, is it, really, is it really the best thing for the Celtics to end up getting that Laker pick this year as opposed to the Kings pick next year? Because is, is, is that Kings pick not unprotected, first of all? Right. Um, One and secondly, it's, it's secondly to my mind. More importantly, you look. Uh, Jalen Jalen Brown is a second year player right now, right? Jason Tatum is a first year player. Wouldn't it make mm-hmm. sense to have a year gap in between? Let, let's just assume it all pans out, and whoever the Celtics draft with this pick, be it the Laker pick or the Celtics pick, is a guy that the Celtics are gonna like want to pay down the line, right? They get another Danny Ainge, the genius, hits on another pick, right? Regardless if it comes if it comes this this year or next year, isn't it better to have a year gap where you don't have to pay someone and then have the have you know whatever other contracts to get off the books or or whatever timeline wise and then have that guy who's on his first year next season because the Celtics probably aren't winning a title next season anyway with or if they are it's not going to be because of be because of whatever rookie comes in so why not have a year and then that guy as opposed to like just having that guy come in right now and, and that's a good point the Celtics. If the Celtics do get the Lakers pick, then it, it it's probably going to be five or four at worst, right? It's not going to be two. The Lakers, you know what I mean? Unless unless the lottery balls, you know, manage to bounce in in the, the right way, and even that is an argument for next year because next year the the lottery flattens out and the top five teams all have an equal shot at the number one pick. So really, all you need for next well, year, if you wanted the Kings pick, uh, okay, for the Kings. The- but th- this is where the, the the logic stops. It was working for yeah. me, but I got to tell you the actual wording of this of this uh, trans or the the protection that is. Um, okay. It, 
they will have to wait until next year, but it's the more favorable of the pick between the Sixers and the Kings. However, it cannot be number one. Um, if it is number one, they'd get the other one. So, yes, but it would still be a, a top five pick most likely, but not number one. So continue with that information. Okay, that, that's fine, but if they also can't get number one this year. So, like, that, that's a wash, right? In, in, right? in terms of, like, how that works. So if they yep. couldn't get number one this year anyway, they could only get two through five. No, but that's so, it's so, a good point about the Kings. I mean, the Sixers, I yeah. think, are, are going to be outside of the top ten, um, or at least – right. I mean, yeah, I will confidently say the Sixers will be outside of the top 10 in next year's draft and likely this year's as well. Um, but the Kings, man, I've, I've been down on the Kings for a couple of years now. Uh, and to me, they just still do not have it together. They are, they are dreadful, those Sacramento right. Kings. And that looks, that looks like a, a better and better option every day. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, because of the because of the lottery rule changes, you don't need to like you don't need to be as concerned about like well like you are right now with the Lakers, where the Lakers are now I think they're ninth. They're, the NBA is weird because there are like there are like four or five different teams where the Lakers like if they lose a game or two could drop back into that five spot, right? But right now they're in like the ninth position. Okay, so. The, the point being is, like, if the Lakers end up fifth, it's, like, all likelihood they'll move, probably be either fifth or fourth or sixth, one of those three, right? But next year, if the Kings are fifth, the Kings have an equal shot at, like, second, third, fourth, and fifth, and first. So there's an 80% chance of the – even if the Kings finish fifth in the next season, there's an 80% chance that they'll have a better – that that pick will be higher than the Lakers pick would be if they picked fifth. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, one is still on the board, and it could they could go from fifth to one, but that's still that's still only a twenty percent chance compared to like what yeah. the Lakers' odds are anyway. No, I think that's a good point. And you know what? I mean, I've been thinking, I've been saying that the pick is going to convey this year over and over again, and that's really just been more of me uh, trolling you and and uh, saying the Lakers are going to be bad and that they're going to be horrible, and that I don't like their roster and I think they stink than it is me saying right. I want the pick. I'm not necessarily saying I want the pick. I don't, honestly, I don't know what he would do with that, with that pick. And, I mean, sure, people are high on Begley, and, um, or is it Bagley? I don't even know what this kid's name is. It doesn't even, Marvin, right? It doesn't even matter it what is his Marvin, name is. Yeah. I think it's Bagley. Is it ba- Bagley or Bagley? So I got it right the first time, then I second-guessed myself. Uh, uh. Anyway, um, if, if he's not going to be that transcendent star that – is just going to be the missing piece that the Celtics need to put them over the top, then why not just continue on and, and do what you're doing, still be yeah. the, the favorite to be the Eastern Conference representative in the finals to lose to Golden State? And you, you know what it is? It's just the tangibility of it. That's all it is. It's because, you know, Bagley and Aiden and these guys – Luka Doncic, we're watching them all right now, and you're going like, hey, I'd like that guy on the Celtics, even though, like, again, who knows? But it's still, who who knows is still, like, knowing more than, like, who knows who the next pick next year is even going to be. Yeah, we have, you know, a high school recruiting class and, like, number one guys, but, like, that changes over the course of a year every year anyway. So, like, we can project who might be in the, in the draft. You know, it's two seasons from now, but, like, that could 
completely flip on its head. So it it feels less fun to be like, yeah, they should wait for the Kings pick. I mean, not that they have control over it, but like, I still think that that ultimately would work out better for them. Just if you do the math on it. Like, how are the Kings going to get better? Is yeah. De'Aaron Fox going to become a superstar in the offseason? Like, what are, what are the routes to the Kings becoming good between between now and the start of next year? Trading George Hill for Tristan Thompson and then Tristan Thompson becomes <laughs> a superstar? What are, what are we talking about? It's uh, <laughs> um, a great question. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't think I have an answer for you. It's... Uh... De'Aaron Fox learns to shoot? Sure. I'm just, talking? I'm just, yeah. I'm literally speechless. I don't, I don't know what to say. How, how can the Kings get better? I don't think that they can. I think that they're in a bad, bad way. And I think that, like we said earlier, Charlotte might not be far behind them if, if they are going to get stuck, either keeping Kemba Walker with the, with nobody around him or trading him for nothing. But the Kings don't even have a guy like Kemba Walker that they could try and dangle for an all-star. If the Kings were to say, oh, uh, we're not trading George Hill. For anyone but an all-star, they would just be laughed out of the league. They should be re- uh, relegated just for saying something like that, if that were to be the case, even though that doesn't even happen in the NBA. Um, but it's it's just that's how bad that they are. And sure, they like right. De'Aaron Fox, but woof, Calvin, this team is not going anywhere. So I'm, you know what? I've I've just flipped the switch. You just you just flipped the switch for me. I'm now on the. Uh, I hope the Lakers pick still gets them the number one or they fall to six. And I hope that they are horrible and terrible, but not two through five. Give me that Kings pick next year, the year after. You, you sold I mean, I mean, we don't want the Sixers to get to number one, right? Why don't you just move for some success for the Lakers? Sure. Know, well, not, not success, but like... No, no, no. You know what? I do want the Sixers to get to number one so that they can blow it again. Just like they did with Mark Fultz, and just like they've done in the past. Not that Embiid is is uh, them blowing it, but he he did not have full seasons, and still has not played a full season. We'll see what happens as they manage his minutes down the stretch. But I want to see this guy play sixty to seventy games. Maybe he'll hit sixty this year before I start dubbing him a, a success. Yeah, he's been awesome this year, but I want to see him stay healthy. Cause they got they got Ben Simmons too. Like I'm not giving him. I, I don't want to give him another pick. Sure. No. All right. No. Especially because it's coming from the Lakers. I have to deal with like the the. It really it's it's coming from, and it's just so annoying that we're still paying the price on this. It's coming from the Lakers trading for Steve Nash 35 years ago. That the the, the pick we gave Phoenix just still hasn't been made because of circumstances. Hmm. That's what this pick is from. A trade that happened. What, six years Steve ago Nash, now? Right? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Steve Nash, the Lakers. Yeah, and it makes me hate Steve Nash as well, especially because. <laughs> no, well, especially because Steve Nash got hurt in preseason. I'm, I'm some, I know this is not uh, anything fresh, but I'm still going to talk about it now because I'm on my rate about it. Yeah, Steve Nash got hurt in preseason, hurt his back. Uh, if he had not played ten games. The Lakers could have got out of his contract under uh, insurance. Right. Could have paid for the contract. Steve Nash would have gotten the payout. He would not have gotten the full length. I remember. Length of I, remember I remember yeah. you ranting about this on our show. This is this is good. This is a flashback. Yeah, a little flashback. Yeah, and, and Nash said uh, he, he came out publicly and said, "No, you know what? I want." He said, 
uh, I'm going to try to play the season. People asked him, like, why don't you just take the medical leave? And he said, no, no, I want the money. It's about, it's about the money. I worked, I worked long and hard, which he didn't work for the Lakers. He literally played zero <laughs> successful seasons. Anyway, he needed to play 10 games for his contract to be guaranteed. He played 11 games that season and basically never played for the Lakers again. So thank, yep. thank you for, yeah, thanks for the two first-round draft picks, including this season's draft pick, which would be high. Because of Steve, because of Steve Nash. So Steve Nash, you're the worst. <laughs> uh, all right, Calvin. Let's let's actually finish the show by taking five minutes to talk about some football, some real football, some real man's football, the best football in America. Come 2020, it's gonna be the it's gonna be the new rage for kids and adults alike. The XFL! The XFL is coming back, Calvin! Oh, man, did, did you catch the, like, one-minute promo sort of beat poetry rap that Vince McMahon put out to, like, oh, advertise man. the XFL coming back? He's like, it's going to be faster, smarter, less penalties. It was like that. It was, it was amazing. It was like the it's Super Bowl shuffle reformed to, to, like, embrace the XFL. I like how he's like, you know, the XFL is going to be family-friendly now. We're going to give it a cheerleader. But yet he's also saying, like, you know, you know we don't kneel. If, he's like, if you want if, you know, you want your football where they don't kneel, like, come, come to the XFL. He's talking about eliminating halftime but also making it more safe, which really doesn't make sense to me at all. I feel like halftime yeah, power is guys get treatment. Yeah, halftime seems like a necessary part of – the, the grid and grind of football. He's going to sim- mm-hmm. simplify the rules somehow. Um, <laughs> what's interesting to me is apparently he does not nor, nor uh, oh, this is what he claims. I'm sure he'll backtrack on this. But they don't have interest in a television deal. They sort of just want to make this a live thing. Uh-huh. Uh, but then they, in the promo seems to act like like betting and like fantasy and even being a GM is like directly tied into the team. Like I don't, I'm, I'm so fascinated by the specifics of how this would be because I think we've talked about this before. But like, they made it seem like you, as a fan of the the you know New England Russell Tree, could like get you could like get you know Dave Brady traded if, if like enough of you like wrote, didn't like, like him, half, yeah, Just yeah, ship, ship if, him off to Vegas or something, yeah. There's like a trade proposal on the table, and like everyone can either choose to support it or veto it. It's, I mean, if it's if it's that, I might be in for the, for the like the fascination of like having Listen, power. Listen, yeah, like, I'm gonna watch. It. I'm certainly gonna check it out when it comes back. And I mean, it's it, a couple years away, but it's. Uh, I think it's gonna be a, a nice little fun thing to talk about, and maybe it'll only last another two to three years. But who knows? Maybe he'll hit on it again, and it'll become the Canadian Football League of America. Yeah. I don't see. I can't see how it's possibly going to work. Honestly, I respect his like. I respect the fact that he's trying, and like I really, I really enjoyed the nickname jerseys, and I hope that's part of it, right? Because that was like the that was literally the they best still, thing about the XFL. They still have the trademark for "He Hate Me," as far as I know. I think I saw that somewhere earlier today. I thought Rod Smart got the, got the trademark. The XFL no, no, no. That. He had, he, nope. Rod Smart had the trademark for. Uh, a good nine years after the, the XFL was around, and then they bought it from him. Oh wow! Really? They bought it from him like recently? 
Um, within the last few years, I believe, yes. Because the XFL was, what, 2005? Let me give, give me a numbers here. Um, actually, I could probably just go check out that. Uh, right. Oh, XFL was What's that? I said, yeah, you could probably just research the, the he hate me trademark directly. Right. Um, but, yeah, the XFL was uh, 2001. So I'm thinking he hate me trademark application of World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, yeah, 2017, they filed for the trademark. So that was last year. Or I, maybe this is an update. What is this website? This stupid, I gotta just go find the Darren Ravel thing. Okay, yeah, last, actually just a few months ago, November, they were, they've been, they were applying for the trademark for clothing purposes. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that's the, uh, that's, I guess, probably going to be one of the things that comes back. Either way, nickname jerseys, you'll, you'll get what you want. Fair enough. Uh, Roy, before we go, I know you said this was going to be the last thing, but can we can we hit on the Hall of Fame real quick? Yeah, go for it. All right. Uh, of a ballot so, process. Yeah. So Trooper Jones, Vlad Guerrero, Jim Tomey, and Trevor Hoffman were all elected. Uh, are you good with these dudes? Because I know, like, he was considered a great closer, but like, I'm not I'm not super pumped about the the Trevor Hoffman, and I'm not that pumped about Vlad Guerrero either, if I'm being honest. Really? So I, I think that Vlad Guerrero deserves it because I, I not only do I look at the Hall of Fame as a, a compilation of players that were the best, but also players that were uh, the ones that you wanted to watch, the ones that, that stood out most in, in your mind, and, and the ones that uh, had an impact on the game. And I think Vlad Guerrero was the type of guy that, Nobody really wanted to face. He could hit any ball from anywhere. And if you were watching games and watching baseball during the time that he played, he was definitely an impact player uh, and was an MVP caliber player uh, for many years. Ten, for what, 10 years, he was at the top of his game. And uh, I, just, I think that he deserves to be in. The Hoffman thing, I'm kind of with you on that one. And I just... I'm not big on closers or modern day closers, I should say, getting into the Hall of Fame based on saves. Because I think that, that uh, probably about 10 or 15 years ago, saves turned into this arbitrary thing that it was just a, a, a niche thing and you would manipulate games to get your guys saves. And it, it just turned into this big numbers game and it didn't really speak to how dominant a closer necessarily was. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, a all in on Hoffman. I, I could be persuaded to probably believe that he deserves to be in there, but Chipper Jones 100% needs to be in there. I don't know why anybody left them off their ballot. They're fools. Uh, and Jim Tomey, I'm questioning as well, Calvin. So, but, but the Tomey thing well, to me is more, if you're going to put Jim Tomey in, and I know he didn't, he didn't get his, people pointing fingers at him for steroids, but he played in the era and just, I mean, think about it. Really? You're not going to connect those dots. If you're going to put Tommy in, I feel like you got to put the guys like Sosa and McGuire and Manny Ramirez to an extent in the game, in the, in the hall. I mean, I mean, Manny is a stretch of course, but 
those types of guys, you've got to put them in if you're going to go with Tommy as well. Sorry, I was Googling home run list, and I put the, the uh, phone down in a second. So, Jim Tomey, the thing about Jim Tomey is that he's eighth all-time uh, on the home run list. He has more home runs than Sosa or McGuire for his career. Right. I know, like, we don't think of him because he doesn't have the one year like those guys. Like, he wasn't involved in, like, his a historical chase. But like, for a long time. But, yeah, he hit 50 home runs for, like, more years than anybody. Like, yeah, he's, the guys that he's behind on the list... Like, uh, basically, other than Ken Griffey and Bonds, Jim Tomey is, like, third of the, even the steroid era guys. So, it's, it, I, I know his name is not, uh, his name is not, like, exciting in that, in the Hall of Fame sense. Like, you're not like, oh, man, Jim Tomey. Part of it is, like, his name is Jim Tomey, right? Boring name. And he's, like, a stuffy white first base oh, guy. Oh, a lot of strikeouts, too. A yeah. lot of strikeouts, this guy. That's fine. All I'm saying is, is like, I think I think Tommy is is fine. Let's just do a, a quick. We got five minutes. Let's do a quick yes or no. Let me pull this list up here. Oh uh, boy, here we go. Yeah. So Hoffman. My thing is like, like his. I don't know. And you. It's like pitching one inning. If you to me, you you have to basically be Mario Mariano Rivera for me to like think. Yep. Rivera deserves it. But that was like yeah. the, he was dominant in, in night in night out. You were scared to face him. You knew that if he came into the game, you were done. He could do it for six outs. He could do it for eight outs if he had to. Hoffman wasn't. Yeah. He, he didn't have that that aura about him. And it's like his stuff was never that great, and I know that's not everything for pitchers, Greg Maddox, whatever. But like, I don't know. He just never seemed that intimidating, and he got in a situation where like they had leads in the ninth. And he played a lot of his years on the Padres, where like there's no pressure to win. He's on a team that like he didn't have to pitch that much. I don't know. I know he played forever and he was successful at what he did, but he was never like even the most intimidating closer. You know, like is, is he right. even scarier than like an Andrew Miller? I don't, I don't think he was. I don't think he's ever been better than Andrew Miller is right now. Anyway, uh, Edgar Martinez this is a controversial one. A lot of people are upset that he hasn't made it yet. Are you do you ride the Edgar Martinez train? Not really. I don't, uh, and it's not a DH thing either. I just I think that uh, he. Just I don't know. Again, he's not. He wasn't a guy that did it for long enough. And I I didn't. I, I when I, I would think more about Vlad Guerrero as uh, that flashy type of guy that you're. Everybody wants to watch and everybody. He made he put he made an impact on the game. Yeah, Edgar Martinez is one of the greatest DHs in the history of the game. But uh, I think that Ortiz should get in before him. And I don't know if the if the years would even line up to allow that to happen. But because I know you fall off the ballot at some point, but no, I'm out on Edgar Martinez. Yeah, the problem with Edgar is he didn't he didn't uh, get to Major League Baseball till he was 27, but he was yep. basically awesome from like 27 to 39. If you if you look at his stats, and maybe you say he I did play for a long stats, time. Yeah, I, I think he's better than Ortiz in a lot of the stats. So he, as a hitter, you'd be surprised how how good he's been. Like to me, the, the DH thing is the argument. Like. If you think DHs shouldn't be in, then he shouldn't be in. If you think they should be, I don't think that there are there's, like just pure hitting. I don't think there are a lot of guys historically who are better than him, uh, it, unless you want to go like compiling stats. Because I think he only has like 370 home runs. Anyway, well, we've seen an Pure hitting should let Pete Rose in. So anyway, we've, we we digress. Yeah, Ooh. we'll just we'll, we'll do more quickly now. We've, we've seen an in and out. Uh, out. Agreed. Good, but not quite good enough at any point. Uh, 
Roger Clemens is Barry Bonds. <laughs> in or out? Uh, both in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 20 strikeouts, home run king, multiple times. And on top of that, Bonds was was an MVP candidate before the whole steroids thing. I, I'm, I don't care about the steroids, guys. It's part of the era. If you want to put something in the Hall of Fame and, and write about it and say, look, these guys, we believe that they, they belong here, but they did this stuff, that's fine. I'm in on both of those guys. I think they both deserve it. Yeah. Uh, War has uh, Bonds as the second best hitter of all time behind Babe Ruth, and Clemens is the best pitcher of all time. So, I mean, yeah, steroids or no steroids, like, they are clearly Hall of Famers, and it's ridiculous that they're not in. Schilling, I'll do one more. Good Schilling. We're almost out of time. Oh, uh, man. I'm borderline on Schilling. I'm borderline on Schilling, but I think that he uh, he he probably deserves to be there because he's a multiple World Series winner, and he had a, a large part in the times that they won the World Series. So, um, yeah, even, whether it was Arizona or the, or the Red Sox, he was a huge part of those teams and had had a big impact. I think he just he deserves to be in, but I wouldn't I wouldn't do a first ballot for him. Yeah, I sort of feel like it's funny because the narrative with him pushes him both ways, right? There are people who don't want him in because they hate his personality and his politics, and then there are people who like do want him in because of the narrative, the bloody sock narrative, and all that. I I don't know. Yeah. My feelings on him at this point are, are like too complex. Even I do feel like he's borderline, but I would lean towards him. I, not so being I tried. To, I tried to uh, block out all of the rhetoric that he spews and all the out, outside stuff that's been happening for the past few years with him, and uh, focus only on his baseball career. When I say that, I believe he, he, deserves, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. So forget about all that other crap. If that factored into it, then I don't want anything to do with that guy. All right, fair enough. All right, Ray, I think we're done. You want to play that music? All right, I do. Goodbye. Good night, everyone. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.